Hey guys, welcome to Second Breakfast. I'm Ez. I'm Matt. This is Tom. And today we're talking about um, a world of ice and fire. Um, it's a book that uh, George R. R. Martin wrote uh, with, let's see if I get these names right, Elio Garcia and Linda Antonson. I think. hope so. hope it's close. Sorry, Lin- uh, Linda, if we butchered that. Um, it's a world of ice and fire, the untold history of Westeros and the Game of Thrones. And um, I've been listening to it. I, I think I got I'm, I'm close to halfway through it. We decided to kind of back back up, listen to the first couple of chapters, and then just sort of talk about it, um, have a discussion on it, maybe make some connections or ties back into um, the main series, mm-hmm. and just kind of kind of go from there. We finished our Dunkin' Egg series, and I think this is just a good continuation. Matt and I just learned the other day, this is how big a noobs at least i am um i am definitely that gur is writing that um what is it blood and fire or yep, fire like a targaryen thing yeah, yeah basically about the sweet. black fire rebellion um essentially and stuff so that could be coming out before winds of winter that was what blew oh, me it probably away. is that's what blew me away you know so really got a lot to cover so we thought in the meantime we'll we'll dive into this and then when that comes out uh, if we're still talking about a world of ice and fire, which we will be, which we will be, we'll we'll switch gears or maybe we'll kind of double dip a little bit and go back and forth. So try to keep them organized for you on iTunes if we can. But um, just initial reading overall. Um, gosh, I, I have to pull up his name here, Tom, but I'll look for him. Uh, we we listen to audiobooks, and our guy that does the audiobook. Do you remember uh, his name? <coughs> Roy Detrice. Yes. And okay. then there's another one thrown in on this. And he's, he, he's it's doing a good job. Smith. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but Roy Detrice is that's how I that's oh. how I remember listening to the original series and I was like, Oh, I'm back. It was just yeah. so good that they had him back reading, you know, so he does an awesome job. So anyways, just your initial thoughts. We'll start with Matt, just um in getting into yeah, okay. this book. So, how do you think it's going? Um so it's good. We are actually we've listened quite a bit ahead, but today we're only gonna kinda cover the Dawn Age. Um, which I think is like chapters essentially if you want to count one, because one is just like an intro. Um, and then two and three, and they may be different in the book. Like if you're actually reading the book, um, mm-hmm. maybe audiobook has them split up differently. It could, it yeah. could. So that's what we're just going to say. We're covering the Dawn age. Yeah. Um, so it's really good. It's really interesting. There's just a lot. Um, and because this is more of like, Hey, here's a guide through it. Um, you really have to then go, dive deeper but it's really cool to go dive deeper because there's just so much like on the wiki um and that's kind of what this is right like this book came about from the wiki yeah um i need to look into that more i think it i did. think it did yeah and actually um maybe once we get somebody else talking i can kind of look that up later on okay yeah. I, i've said that over and over again uh, in, in did, other though. podcasts so i'm pretty sure because because oftentimes the people who do the um, a song of ice and fire wiki yeah that's not, like yeah. the legit you yeah, know the Game of Thrones the wiki is it's geared towards the show there's pretty there's decent information there but it references the show so there are differences mm-hmm. um, I would recommend it's still better to use the a song of ice and fire wiki one it's a better wiki um, just not because of content just the way it's laid out. Um, cause you can tell there's just a much better community involved in it. It has really good forums, um, for like tons of theories. Um, so I would recommend going with that. And it's, I guess if you want to say more Canon than the show, um, but, and it'll actually, it does reference the show in it too. It'll say like, Hey, this play this is portrayed by this guy in the show. And so it's kind of a more 
includes everything. Um, but anyway, okay, so this is interesting. Hold on. Personal life. Garcia and Anton Antonson met while playing a game, um, a game based on Lord of the Rings over the internet. What game was it? Uh, th- it doesn't say oh, right doesn't there. Say. Um, they were married the same day that the World of Ice and Fire was released 16 years after the couple had become engaged. That's interesting. That yeah. is interesting. So it's a couple they're married. Yeah, I'm trying to okay. figure out if they were more involved. It says they were super close. They communicated closely with with, um, with Martin. Um, Fact-checking, doing some research in the, in, in, in the universe. Um, just doing a quick little So it's through. a legit... So this book is like a legit mm-hmm. history of, of Westeros. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly. not, it's not yeah. just like a fan service or something like that. It's, I mean, it is a fan service, but it's it's a legit thing. Anyway, I'll right. just do, to continue talking. So specifically the Dawn Age um, and what I've read about it. So far, I mean, this book's really cool. Like, there's it references a lot of different stuff. Um, stuff that I think will come about in the books, the show at this point, considering they only have like six episodes left. Uh, there's no way we're going to get any of that stuff in the show, but in the books it's, there's so much more involvement. Um, and it kind of just provides a background context of everything that's going on. The stuff with the gods, the stuff with the animals, um, why dragons are so important. Um, you know, in the show spoilers, uh, if you haven't seen this, we do see the children, at one point. And so we learned about the children in these chapters and uh, their, their role and how important they are. Um, So uh, Tom, your thoughts. I mean, as far as I can tell, it's going to be really good. Uh, You know, it's not going to be 100% accurate. You know, it kind of, the way it's going in, it's like this maester uh, writing this book from the Citadel and he pretty much talks about how, you know, it's just like any building. You build off the brick b- before it. It was a great analogy. Yep. Uh, pretty much saying that, you know, his information's based off what other people have gathered before, which is based off, you know, plenty of other people before them. It's going to be skewed. It's not going to be accurate. Right. He, he goes back to that quite a few times. Uh, I also really like that, you know, like, Roy Detrice pretty much is telling the history. And then uh, this other guy, Smith, is like as if he's reading a letter or is the maester talking to himself or something. You kind of get like the thought process with the history. Um, I like that dynamic. And it, I mean, it it just goes to show that this is how actually all history is written down and it's kind of you know you're not you're not going to get the facts because somebody's not being unbiased writing writing down what's happening it's these stories were told this person changed it this story was told mm-hmm. yeah um, exactly guys can i just take like a quick moment you mentioned we've mentioned now roy detrice like three times and i i, I had seen um this I thought I saw this on Twitter the other day, but yeah, he actually just passed away October sixteenth, two thousand seventeen. Today is October nineteenth. What Detrice did? Yeah, so oh, um, yeah, he just passed away. Looks like just a couple of days ago, um, actually, and he was, I think he was ninety four, maybe. Um, but he was the guy. Check this out. I didn't realize this. He was in a never ending story. Look at that. Oh, I didn't know that. Look at this guy right here. So 
this is one of those guys that helped um oh gosh i can't remember i'm blanking on never ending story right now not not a not a tray you um the main character anyways helped him no it was a tray you he helped him get over to the to the Sphinx the sphinxes uh or whatever so anyways that's crazy i did not uh i did not realize that so anyways pour one out for for roy so um back to the book though let's just um like we said there tom um it is interesting the way that they wrote this story it's sort of the back and forth like an internal dialogue that's going on with the maester you know conversation he's having with himself you know like that he kind of thought this and what have you what's that that's the book i found i i thought i i thought i had it and i do oh yeah yeah you do cool cool yeah actually cool then you can kind of like go through we can quote from that's perfect yeah that's great because i wanted to go out and get like the um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i uh I, I wanted to go get um the actual hard copy because i think it has like yeah. what some pretty good maps and stuff yeah, i'm actually it. getting the hard copy this weekend okay yeah 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 so but let's talk about the dawn age um or the dawn of days and this was basically this uh period in which the first men arrive from essos and they start to kind of um take over or move into spread out into westeros um they come across something that we'll talk about later which i had to look up and tom um caught this from the from the reading the arm of dorn right yes okay which is basically when you look at the big map you've got westeros and essos to the east there in essos there was this land bridge essentially from that would that connected the two um continents supposedly right i mean it's it's great on the maester kind of says that over time they believe that that was there and then over time natural or you know or not natural causes, you know, um, destroy the land bridge. But anyways, the first men come on over, and um, they encounter the children of the forest, okay? Which is, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the children, so we see the children, again, we don't know if we'll see them in Winds of Winter or not. We see them in the show, at least. Um, when they're beyond the wall, they're in the cave with Bran and Blood Raven, who we now know a lot about. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, going from Duncan Egg, um, the children are basically they're basically to put it they're like wood elves. If you really want to like kind of compare them to something, they're almost like these wood, uh, like these elf like creatures, I guess. Mm-hmm. But they're more like tree, like they're kind of like part tree, I guess. Um, I'm trying to think of something really specific. Uh, if you've ever played the Elder Scrolls games, there's an enemy you come across. I can't. It's blanking on me right now, but you mm-hmm. kn- you'll know exactly what it is. They're basically like tree like creatures. Okay, um, but they're not ants. No, no, they're not <laughs> ants. <laughs> they're tiny. Every yeah. once in a while, we make a Lord of the Rings reference on this. Yep. Podcast. Yeah, they're tiny. Um, they probably they're probably like I'd say like three to four feet tall. Yeah. Um, and there's men and women. Although mm-hmm. I think in the show we only see women. Um. But uh, they're here first, okay? And um, they actually talk in this weird um, thing. They call it True Tongue, which is like the songs. It's like the song of the earth, right? So, like, they sound to us, they would sound like uh, in the the book he says like a stony brook or yeah like wind moving so that's how they that's like how they sounds you would you would hear in nature yeah the sounds yeah. you would hear in nature um, they have magic um, it does seem like they hunt um, they said like they hunt I don't know what they eat. Um, I don't know if it actually if it mentioned that in the book. Oh, I can't recall. I don't know. No, it, it does talk about hunting, but it does it doesn't say like deer or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah, they, and they don't um, they don't use like metal or weave cloth or build cities or any of that kind of stuff. Um, they live off the land. Um, 
I guess it says they use shirts of woven leaves. So maybe actually they are more maybe like people. I don't know. Um, in the show, just the way they depict them is kind of like that in a lot of the pictures of them. Um, it calls them like wood dancers. And they also use a lot of magic. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, which is interesting. Um, one of the things I, I was as I was reading, just kind of looking back over through the book and, and the wiki, um, where we see them in the original series, they're just north of the wall. If they were south of the wall, people wouldn't be thinking these were like old Nan tales and tales that were, you know, like it's legends and stuff like that. This is, um, it says here that we see them from the summer sea all the way to the land of always winter. So, you know, way up past the wall, right? So they basically inhabit all of Westeros, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the gods. Yeah, uh, the gods. The children worship were the nameless ones that would be that would one day become the gods of the first men. So that's like the gods of the river, the gods of the tree, the gods of the water. I mean, all of like it's kind of interesting, like the way Gerd draws a lot of this stuff from like the real world. When you think of more, well, if you think of in a way, I'm you can kind of compare them to like Native Americans. Um, in that like Native Americans worshipped a lot of things. They had like each thing had its own like specific god and then of course they get run off by the invading Andals or First Men or mm-hmm. you know in this case uh, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> as opposed to uh, America, soon to be Americans or right. English. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we do the same thing. We, hey we come over here and we start chopping down their weirwood trees. Uh, so. Yeah exactly. So we're going to come back to um, the Children of the Forest because there's an interesting um, it's interesting what happens between them and the first men and sort of how green seers come to be mm-hmm. and some of the first men sort of ally, um, ally with the, um, children of the forest and what have you. But let's, um, hop over and just talk, if you can, Tom, just, just off of memory, which we read in the books, um, about giants, because that was the other big, you know, group that, um, everybody that they that they lived with and um, that the children did anyways. Well, well I want to bring up just briefly that this maester talks about his history and he's pretty much was born and raised during the last Targaryen reign. Mm-hmm. And it is currently when King Robert is reigning. So like really everything that's happened in the Song of Ice and Fire Game of Thrones series has not happened yet. Yeah. Okay, so, so he he talks about things that we come to know from the series of actually happening happening with extreme skepticism. Yeah, right? uh, but he describes the giants as being essentially at most fourteen feet, but he believes that really they were probably like twelve feet tall. Uh huh. And that the conception, you know, is that they're just giant men. But due to some excavations of burial grounds, they find that really they had more like a hide fur. So okay. they're, they're really hairy. Um, thick skin, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, thick skinned, hairy. And they are barbarians all the way through the years ages like yeah. that's how he's, he says that they're savage and barbarians uh they didn't build houses they didn't cultivate the land they're es- essentially stay the same uh they never made anything with metal they ne- didn't even use obsidian you know they mm-hmm. were they were pretty much just 
I'm going to go over to this tree, break off a huge limb, and beat the crap out of somebody with it. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and, and it, did, it did talk of that. It said, like, uh, it seemed to be that the giants and the children lived kind of in harmony. Like, it didn't say... Uh, he got, goes back on that a little bit later, though, mm-hmm. and says, uh, in reference to the children of where they live, that either they lived really high up in the trees... And they ordered, just didn't live by them? And you know, in order to try to stay away from the shadow cats and stuff like that, or again, another burial ground excavation, they find in the ribs of a giant Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of obsidian uh, arrow points. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dragon glass, Um, which I found interesting because later, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we'll get to this in some of the other chapters when it starts talking about dragons. Yeah, how. Don't you need a dragon to make dragon glass, or is it just a thing? Dragon glass is just—it's just called. Well, I dragon think it's. Glass. I don't know. I mean, I think it's obsidian. I think it could just be sort of like in Valentis. I—it's just basically that volcanic. Okay. Uh, am I right? Sort of like a gotcha. metamorphic Frozen rock. Fire, you know, they yeah. Call it. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think it's. But I mean, so the, it's, so the term dragon glass doesn't ha- necessarily imply that it actually is from a dragon. I don't know. They've never really talked because it is special in that and in, in how it can kill, you know, others the, or white walkers. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. That's a, that's a good question, actually. So I mean, extreme heat or whatever it could be from dragon fire. Maybe, or it could maybe be it's from, in this book and we just haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, it could be. It could be. Uh, that's for sure. So. Um, before, uh, I think my section, something I was going to talk about here in a little bit is, is the green seers, but uh, we're not going to get there just yet. Let's talk about kind of what happens between these three. So you have the first men, you've got the giants and you've got the children of the forest. And really, does he really mention what we go right to a confrontation between the children and the first men? I, I, I don't know that it yeah. talks about how many giants there were in comparison to uh, to, to children. I don't, I don't believe it's nothing. You know, nothing whatsoever. Okay. Uh, the the only thing he did say was because I'm wondering why there wasn't more confrontation. You know what I'm saying? Well, well essentially, he said that there wasn't any structure to the giants. It was mm-hmm. kind of like they're on their own, or maybe like that family. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the children lived in like communities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, more I mean, organized. If, yeah. We're more quote unquote civilized. Yeah. I mean, he didn't say that. They yeah, said here, here's 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 what it says. I'm looking at yeah, it. Go ahead. Um, and so it talks about the coming of the first men. It's like the title of this like section. Mm-hmm. Um, he does kind of go into this. I do think it's kind of funny that I, li- I do like the idea that it's like this maester talking because he kind of yep. goes back and forth a little bit when he's yeah, disputing he himself. Because yeah. I remember this part where he was talking about he says in a, within a few short years of the of the first men coming, they found themselves at war with the. Uh, children because they moved into the neck and then then he's like well actually it probably would have been decades you know yeah, like, yeah, you remember yeah, that yeah, little yeah, thing yeah, okay yeah. but um, basically he says yeah. unlike children the first men farmed the land and raised up um ring forts and villages and, and in so doing they chopped down the weirwood trees including those with the carved face and for this the children attacked them leading to hundreds of years of war so basically it's kind of like because they just started chopping down the trees that's what kind of started it started it but it mm-hmm. was it like took a while before the war. And so that was my question before yeah. we started to, to you guys. That is really what started it. Yep. I mean, that's just. Which, if you look through the history of men, you mm-hmm. know, that that's a thing. Isn't you know? that kind of how we kind of start mm-hmm. getting into it with the Native Americans? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, taking well, I mean, the. Yeah. It, it's not just that. I mean, you, know, like you look at the Holy Land, you know, you came in and uh, attacked this holy place of mine. Yep. So we're launching a crusade. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And and listen, I mean, listen, I mean, just listen to this. The first men who had brought with them strange gods, horses, cattle, and weapons of bronze were also larger and stronger than the children. And they were also a significant threat. Sounds pretty Uh like the English and the Native (laughs) Americans. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that conflict happens, as Matt said, there, there's this fighting that goes on for hundreds of years, is that what it says? Mm -hmm. Okay. And then they eventually get to this point where, yeah, the, I'm only looking at the wiki here where it start, starts to kind of talk about how they came to a pack in a sense, and it starts to talk about the Krennigmen somewhere, um, and how they kind of turned into green into green seers and made alliances basically yep. with the with the children, and they decided to uh, they had a pack at a place called um, the Isle of Faces. Yep. Which is interesting. Um, a lot of which I totally think is going to come into play in both the show and the book. I think yeah. that's where it's going to. Well, I kind of I always wondered in the show, and it was a major spoiler for people who <laughs> haven't seen the show. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> um, there, remember that part where the the chil- you get to flashback, you get to see how the children right created, you know, created the walkers. Yeah, yeah. The I'm others. wondering if that was near the Isle of Faces. I think it might probably if that might have been what they showed us somewhere near there. I mean, even though it was really open, it was just like a single Wait, tree. Been. What? Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> sorry, Tom. Whoops. Sorry. Um, geez, I forgot about that. My, Tom's like, I'm why out. Did, I'm why out of here. Why did they God do that, it. though? Why, why did they create them? No. Well, who was that guy and why did they? You, I can't remember. Do you know what? I actually think when we saw that, I don't really know exactly if that wasn't like if they. Because it they seemed didn't, like. They didn't, I don't think they told us the context of it. I think they just told us like they were like they had to stab some guy. And then he became like the first White Walker. Yeah, I don't think we got the context. Well, I, it was. A, I'll have to go back and. Re-watch. I think it was maybe to sort of help them. Yeah, in some degree, maybe, or maybe they were saving. They were him. maybe he was dying, and they did something. I can't remember. Yeah, if if you know, let us know. Um, but anyway, because we haven't quite got there in the book, so really we have no idea. That was just all. Right. That was all show. That's all TV show. So, anyways, so the pack happens. Um. They actually said that they it's believed the war went on between the children and the first men for two thousand years is what the wiki says. Yeah. So that could that could be. Um let me see here. The the used magic, so the children used magic. Um there's the breaking of the arm of Dorn. Yeah. That's talk- where that was mentioned in the in, in this book. What what was that all about? Uh that's when it's talking about so it's talking about the Greens here. We should let's let's do this and then let's go talk about let's hit up some background on the green seers you got them pulled up as yeah okay so um it talks about here so this is like during the war um we have the green seers who are have a little more magic um gathered at moat Callan Kalen to work dark magic uh some contestants however the first men were already in westeros yada, yada yada moreover such power it was so much power essentially what happened is it cracked the arm Mm-hmm. Um, and then it caused the eerie to kind of flood and like that neck, the neck area kind of flood. And that's how it kind of the neck eerie, you know, that area where the river lands yeah. where it turns into like a marsh. Um, and so it was like such a big deal. No, there, wait, 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 wait. Say that again. So it's talking about at Moat Kalen, which isn't Moat Kalen in like the. It's a, it's it's a, it's it's in the neck region, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so how did that cause the. So wait about it. No, no, that. So what was happening there? That's why I was wondering. What was happening there was um, the the children. It was something called the water. Um, hold on, I'll pull up the green seers here. Um, 
something that they were doing, the hammer of the waters to shatter the arm of Dorne and the broke into the broken arm uh, and the stepstones. So let's see. It says as the tales go, they used the hammer of the waters to shatter the arm of Dorne into the broken arm and the stepstones. So basically, it was this attempt to cut off, like you were saying, Matt, Essos and Westeros, because that's where the first men had come from. So they yeah, wanted to the, kind of shut those in off. In this chapter, it doesn't actually say why. It just says that they were performing dark magic. But it doesn't say yeah. why. No, and, and yeah. so they were just at Mo Kalen, um performing it there. So I thought it talked about sorcerers there, too, and stuff. Yeah, it kind of does. Like it was uh, in, they, they were maybe different than the Green Seers. Yeah. Um, but we'd have to go back and... Yeah, when it's talking about the Green Seers, it just says the Green Seers were, you know, they could... Uh, they employed their arts. This is talking about, like, the Green Seers... In like in like the they were able to call upon beasts of the marsh, forest, and the air to fight on their behalf. Dire wolves and monstrous snow bears, cave lions and eagles, mammoths and serpents, and more. But the first men proved too powerful, and the, and the children are said to have been driven to a desperate act. Legend says that the great floods that broke the land bridge that is now the broken arm and made the neck a swamp were the work of green seers who gathered at Moat Kalen to work dark magic. But it did make the neck a swamp. So yep. that's what's confusing is to remember that you have the neck and then you have the arm. And so Moat Kalen is up near that neck. Yeah. And so whatever they were doing up there caused maybe water to ru- If there was flooding yeah. over top of that arm, that would also reach up along the coast yep. around King's Landing and then maybe in into the neck or something and maybe, maybe where it gets maybe, marshy or something. And maybe maybe that's maybe Dragonstone was actually like a thing. Maybe, and, you know, it's like a mountainous range and now it's like sunken too. Yeah, it just says it, it created the boggy neck um, uh, and instead of separate land masses. However, it's... Un- so I almost wonder if they were north... Or something, if they were trying to also create a divide in Westeros and keep the first men south and keep, because the, they eventually retreat north beyond the wall, it would make sense if they attempted to make the neck area more of a boggy region, like they cut off the arm mm-hmm. and then they also were trying to do something with the neck. I, I think you're right. Am I right? I mean, that, because eventually that's where they go. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it, yeah, go ahead. It does say here um, I kinda, uh, that. Part of the reason maybe the first men chopped down the trees was because of sorry we listened to this on audiobook and so it is different once once you actually get a look at it and it's yeah. like oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's why we got to get the book yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, it says that the first men believe that the green seers um, the children of the forest the green seers could see through the weirwood trees so they kind of became nervous about them so they started chopping them down mm-hmm. um, another thing that this kind of talks about with that whole sort of uh, situation is, um, let's see, it's unknown if this occurred during the same uh, war as the breaking of Dorne or at a different time. So you remember how he kind of is always talking about the different histories and did that happen? Did did they attempt successfully to break off the arm of Dorne? And then they tried, okay, we're going to fall back even further. Let's try this one more time at the neck and maybe they didn't quite have the power or the juice or whatever, and it didn't go as well. Um, the histories say that the Krennic men grew very close to the children in the days when the Green Seers tried to bring the hammer, it's called, quote, the hammer of the waters down upon the neck. So I think there were some first men maybe who were getting close because the children themselves are not Green Seers. Am I right? Some right. of the children are. Uh are they really yeah. in the story? He makes it sound like all the green seers are children. Yeah, 
Well, we know that there's green seers like Blood Raven and stuff, but we, yeah, we but those do, are rare. But yeah. he's making it sound like it's the okay. green seers that are leading the children against the in the fight against the first men. Right. It just gets a little confusing when he starts talking about the Krennic men um, and how they grew close to the children in the days when the green seers. Okay, so okay, I got to separate the two. The Krennic yeah. men were still first men who were maybe were they siding with the well they, they with the children? I don't remember. In this book, them even mentioning Krennic men. They do. It's, I think, it's in I there. Think, but I think it's... I it's, think it's real little, subtle. I've, oh, okay. Maybe I I'm, I'm almost positive that they do. Um, because that's sort of a... Yeah, we, we can go back and find them. I'm almost positive they do. That's why I was confused. I was wondering if they were one and the same. But they're, the Green Seers are separate. They're a faction within the children. Um, but others have the gift, too. Right. Like... You know, yeah, men. Right? Well, see, the, here's the, here's what I here's what I, I hear you're saying with the with yeah. the maester though, the way he tells the history, it's like he doesn't believe in green seers. Yeah, that's you know, yeah, that, I mean? oh yeah, he does. Yeah, the way the way this book is told is he kind of, it's like he's kind of it's not like a history book. Like when you just open it up and it says like, okay, this happened here, this happened here, this happened here. Like the wiki is, it's like, well, some people say this, some people say this. You know then, what I mean? And then he makes it clear that he doesn't believe that. Yeah, and so he kind of goes back and forth on it a little bit. Um, but uh, okay. anyway, uh, where I was going is that what I kind of find kind of interesting, though, is so we know later we have the Valyrians who have, like, the power over dragons, and we have the Starks who have, you know, or at least maybe the North have, like, power over wolves and stuff like that, and all these people have their ancient sigils so now that we get this stuff about the children and like these green seers being able to kind of control beasts and stuff like that um do you think like there is like actual legitimate like maybe like blood like there's like actual wolf blood like in the starks and like dragon's blood in the targaryens and stuff like that um gosh i don't know i don't know about that it, do you think maybe like the gods kind of have had chose like specific areas because when it does it does uh, reference kind of the the like the Iron Islands for like a second mm -hmm. talking about maybe there was this other mm -hmm. this other group of people because when they when they it says the first men got to Pike they yeah. actually found the it was abandoned wasn't it yeah it was abandoned and they found the chair the stone or the yeah. seaside or stone I have it pulled up yeah yeah that was interesting the, the sea stone chair and so I started doing some digging. On the sea stone chair, yeah, um, and it talks about there's this other. They're called the deep ones, um, and they're basically like almost. I don't want to say like mermaids, but they're like this like. They're merlings, I guess. Okay. Um, and they're like, they're all about like the drowned god. Like legends suggest, like they're like the people of the drowned god, um, and stuff like that. And so what I'm thinking is, and then actually it does talk about them maybe like taking some of the first men as like brides. Okay. And so like, and that's kind wow. of how like, that's why like the iron, they're saying like the ironborn people are different. So what I'm wondering is like, is it like these houses specifically pick these sigils, mm -hmm. right? Like we get like the, the dire wolves and stuff because that's like the power of their region. So I'm kind of thinking maybe each region actually does have its own specific power and like bloodline in it. That's making sense. I mean, it, it, but it's 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 the bloodline that's kind of tricky. And like, Cause how is cause that? Because in this, it's talk. It, it talks and like on the wiki, and this isn't the book. On the wiki, though, it talks about like, I mean, what if these other types of creatures are 
breeding i know it seems weird but like are breeding with like the people of that region mm-hmm. yeah that's interesting that's interesting because can i also say when the krennic men became close with the children yeah. they're stunted they're shorter yeah they're creatures of the bogs essentially they're they're just different they're a little bit different right and they actually even call them krennic men like they're yeah. Um, so maybe there was some cross. Yeah. And here, this is breeding. from the wiki. Deep ones are a species um, the, mentioned about by um, Master Theron in his manuscript, Strange Stone. Um, he drew a conclusion between the black stone of the sea stone chair, which is like this odd, weird stone. That's like, it's the only type we see of it. Actually, well, there is, there's one other thing he says it, he says it reminds him of, the foundation of high tower, which is like a castle outside old town. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's like way, those are like way apart. Okay. Um, I mean, you think about where Pike is and old towns like, well, I think old town is South of it, isn't it? Um, oh, you're right. I'm sorry. I was thinking of, I was thinking of King's landing. I was thinking of the Citadel. Oh, Citadel. T- yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, yeah. Never mind. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, then he suggests they were created by the, the deep ones, a queer misshapen race of half men, um, sired by creatures of the salt seas upon human women. Wow. Um, he suggests that um, they were like Merlings, that the sea creatures who fathered him um, inspired the religion of the drowned God. Wow, that's interesting. What uh, What's dead may never die. So I think there's some some <laughs> weird... Like and like stuff going on here. There I could mean, be already, because Ger, this book's already about incest. Why not just throw in bestiality while we're at it? Right. Like, yeah. Exactly. I mean, well, I mean, so you have things like, uh, for example, the Targaryens, right? They have sort of some control over dragons, right? And then you've got the Starks who are wargs and can control wolves. And he mentions that in this book is that most people kind of agree that I don't know what that was. I don't know what that was. Even. Um, most people kind of agree that. Um, War, like when you were to warg into or be a skin changer of any kind, it was basically it happened with wolves most right. of the time. Yeah, right. It was the easiest. What he it was just only points out is that when they did it with wolves, it was a special kind, and they called it wargs. Okay, not that it. Yeah, you know, he goes on to mention that it happened with other animals. It was just yeah. Gotcha. Well, I mean, think about this. I mean, so let's just say, for example. It's not like it's not like all it's like all of the, if all these creatures are humanoid like creatures, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then what's to say like they aren't breeding with humans, right? I mean, like so let's let's say so you have like the the children who basically look like people, um, but they're kind of like got some like tree elements to them. Actually, the picture in this book um, I can show you guys is a lot is t- way different from what we see in the show. Um, whereas the show, they make it kind of seem like they're almost like tree entities or this just looks like an elf. I mean, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So, and then you've got, I mean, I mean, maybe there's like, I don't want to, you know, like you think about the Dothraki and they're all about the horse God. Right. Like what's to say that wasn't like a centaur and like the Merlings are like mermaid type people. That I get you. With. So maybe ancient creatures, ancient creatures that are in those like, regions are humanoid like creatures because we see well, it's like having giant's blood in someone exactly. like Hodor. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I get what you're saying now. And and I I, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying like somebody's sleeping with a dragon, but I'm saying like, right. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? mean? Like I know. Well, the other thing that was that's interesting is all of the blood magic. Yeah. They actually said that the children um use yeah, a little may, blood may magic. Use blood magic, yeah. yeah. Which was blood interesting. sacrifices to the gods. Yeah. yeah. 
and it reminded me of R'hllor and the Red Priesthood. Um, and how they do blood sacrifices, and they're all about the power of king's blood and, and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, whoa, that's kind of interesting. So I actually think you may have a merging of these these gods that are all being worshipped in different things. You know, I think it's going to be... Uh, I don't. We're never going to get anything resolute on that, but you can speculate as to the connections between them and, and things. I, I, I don't know. I've, I've always wanted to kind of dig deeper into the gods and see, you know, you've got the... Many-faced god, the seven, you've got the old gods, Rolor. Uh, interesting, yeah. just kind of where they all fall. Um, and so back just real quick to the Dawn Age and, and how this all kind of wrapped up. At the Isle of Faces, um, the, uh, the first men and the children come together and they, they, they create this piece basically where they decide they're going to stop cutting down the werewoods. They're sacred. And actually, the um, the first men are kind of taught to worship the old gods, in a sense. Yeah. Um, something really interesting here, I love looking at the wiki, and I love looking back and making the connections. We've always talked about the Knight of the Laughing Tree, um, who, it's interesting here, looking at it like in A Storm of Swords, where Mira Reed is talking to Bran about the Krennic men that went, one of them who went to the Isle of Faces, on the year of the fall spring, um, he remained there for a while before perhaps maybe traveling to the tourney at Harrenhal, in which it doesn't say whether he was the Knight of the Laughing Tree or not, but you can kind of infer that perhaps he was the Knight of the Laughing Tree that participated, which I always thought was kind of interesting. They bring, you know, um, the Knight of the Laughing Tree up, and we're really now into like the hedge knights and all the different yeah. where are these guys coming from, the tourneys that are happening, and Harrenhal is a big tourney. You know, it's just sort of like, I thought that was really interesting. So there's your connection back to the original series. Um, so, yeah, really, that's that's kind of where we're going to kind of, we're still going to talk a little bit longer about just takeaways from all of that. But the Dawn Age, that's essentially what happened. Am I wrong or right? I mean, it's, No, yeah, I mean, that's it. And this is where everything, sum this is like the earliest history of that we Westeros get. that we have. And it is kind of interesting. In the book, he says, like, he talks about like like Tom was saying earlier. It's like, well, it was written down by the Andals. It's written down by the Valyrians. Mm-hmm. It's written down by some of the first men and stuff like that. So it's like it's like way later these people are writing this history. So it's all kind of murky. Yeah, yeah. Of what of exactly, and that's the way he kind of presents it in the chapter and in the audiobook when um, which we're listening to. Right. Um. So obviously, as we get as we go further, it will also become more clear just because. Yeah, I'm just looking at the book right now and the way it's written is kind of different. It's more decisive, you know, kind of a little bit more what happens, but it's cool. I, so far I'm loving it. Uh, it's really interesting, isn't it? I, I yeah. like all the different, and, and you hear something that when we were reading in the original series, we're kind of like, man, I wish I knew a little bit more about, you know, what happened during that age. I wish I could get something that would just sort of like, you know, pull all the pieces together. And I think they're kind of doing that here. Right, Tom? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, not to get too far ahead, but you kind of see where everything's coming full circle again. Yeah. You know, and I uh-huh. mean, in the books, uh, he yep. kind of hints at Preach it. it. But I mean, it's not to get too far ahead of ourselves. No, that's but fine. Yeah, that's what the, we want to the, do. The skin, uh, what are the shapers or walkers? Yeah, changer, whatever. yeah. And green seers are becoming more mm-hmm. apparent. Blood magic is happening mm-hmm. all over again. Yep. Uh, the children of the forest have kind of reemerged. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, we, we, just, we 
we see a couple of dra- we see a couple of giants coming down. A couple of the last ones remaining. Dragons are back. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, it's, right. it's interesting. It's, um, this last season, without trying to spoil anything for Tom. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> anyway, this. Anyway, so Tom, you know that we're well into the end of 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 the show slash what would hope theoretically be the book. So they're finally starting to see some things from beyond the wall. The people in the South are, and the maesters don't want to believe it. They're like, Oh, it, what? It's a joke. But I think the archmaster is Maybe a little bit more keen to it. Right. But I'm, but I'm just saying, yeah. so the way the maesters are speaking about it, it's kind of like we've seen yeah. throughout the series so far where it's like, Oh yeah, your ghouls beyond the wall. Like, like they're like, they don't even exist. Right. Exactly. And so I think that is kind of the way, like you were saying, like, some people, yeah, whatever. It's like, none of that stuff matters or happened or wow dang guys we're gonna have to look at this i just put by the way uh this book is over a thousand pages yeah yeah i'm just looking at it right now that's awesome yeah it's yeah it's it's really cool they have all this history down and i and i think the fact that they're coming out with like a separate book for just the blackfire rebellion and getting into the nitty-gritty you know details about that guys this that's another piece too like the more i've learned about what gur's doing let him take his time, you know, because like that story can be like he's creating these this backstory and making all these connections. And while he's here, we need that. And it's awesome that you have these people, you know, um, who uh, Elio uh, Garcia and, and Linda and what have you that are working on the wiki and working on Westeros.org and helping him with all of that. That's great. But like we're, we almost can now tell where. The main series is going, and you could maybe, not that he ever would let this happen, but just like with Robert Jordan, you could get a Brandon Sanderson to come in and sort of finish the job. He won't Uh, let it happen. uh, uh, Essentially what he's doing is what people that are big Lord of the Rings fans really wish would have happened. True. Because as you see, like Tolkien left The Untold Tales. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. his son came in and tried to, you know, finish it up and give some backstory on, you know, like what happened... During more during the first age and stuff like that, and it's all great stuff, but it it just doesn't have quite the same ring as if uh, Tolkien himself had done it. And I think, um, I mean, I'm disappointed that the newest book in the series hadn't been out for the last couple of years. Yeah. But um, I I think what it, now that we've gotten into this, and I'm 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 glad he's taking the time and you know doing mm-hmm. the backstory. Yeah, me too. Uh, and and like for us to kind of have like I'd heard about the Hedge Knight series to stumble across that was such a golden. Oh, absolutely. You know, like like just a hidden gem. You know, it was it was so great. So, um, yeah, I think what's the next? Do you guys know what's what's the next uh, part? Or the next yeah, section yeah. of history? Uh, yeah. Um, Nothing we want to talk about in in depth, but just where are we going? You know? Um. So I'm looking at it right now. So probably what we'll do is we'll probably do the next four chapters. Okay. Um. Which is the Age of Heroes. So that's like, like that's like the big thing that happens next. Mm-hmm. Um. The Long Night. So we get a little bit about mm-hmm. winter. Yeah. Um. The Rise of Valyria, and then there's just one chapter on Valyria's children. Um, then, yeah. after that, then after that, right, the, that's what I remember. Then after than, that is the arriving at the Andal. So we'll probably yeah. just do those four. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, just to do a quick recap, essentially, you know, there's, uh, Essus that has all the men on it. Mm-hmm. Then there's the giants and the children of the forest on Westeros. Maybe For, another, may, the, may, maybe yeah, more, but right. we're not. And then, uh, the first men come over the green seers, Break break apart the arm in order to mm-hmm. try to 
stop the flow of men. Mm-hmm. And then um, the pack is made on the in the God's Isle, the Isle of Faces. Right. And then that is what is considered the the stopping point and the change into the Age of Heroes. Right. Which is essentially when you know the first men start doing their yeah, so we'll start seeing uh, guys like Bran Brian the Builder and stuff like that. Right. There there's a, a there's a time of peace here. It doesn't I don't know if she was gonna talk about how long, right? But there's this peace that's this pact that's been made. So I think we're gonna get so the age of heroes is a little bit more about it's it, not it, it is more men oriented. Yeah, yeah. And what they're doing and we've heard about some of these characters in the original series yeah uh it says here this is a little bit from the next chapter what is commonly accepted is that the age of heroes began with a pact that and extended through the thousands of years in which the first men and children lived in peace with another yeah thousands plural thousands yeah and it's kind of talking about some so i think it's gonna be the grand the bigger stories that 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 were told handed down over time or made it into the songs i think that's really neat is that they always talk about the songs that they sing um which is which is neat. So this, it's 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 the idea of will will the singers you know sing of this battle? Will the writers write of this you know epic event and what have you? So so yeah, I mean, I'm can I'm happy with this. Oh, I, I'm I, loving it. Right? I mean, I I told you I, I was like I think this is really good for the three of us to get into and and mm-hmm. and just get nitty you know gritty detail details from. And you're right, Tom. It is sort of like God. I wish I had a little bit more on. Where Aragorn and some of those people were from the north, and what happened up, you know what I mean? There, oh, absolutely. And and there are there is some of that. I've not read all those books from the Lord of the Rings, but like, um, Martin's trying to do. He's a fan of Lord of the Rings. He said that he's he's a fan of he's a, he's a fantasy writer, um, and I think he's trying to give, like you said, this more complete world. And it really helps that he has said that the other two writers, other two authors in this, basically at one point he jokingly said, they know more about Westeros than I do. You know, he actually said that in an interview somewhere. And uh, so I just I can't thank those people enough. This is just, it's great. It's awesome. And the fact that he's doing the Blackfire stuff is just amazing. So do you think, I mean, obviously none of this is going to be HBO material, whatever, Dawn Age. Maybe, what about the next age though, Matt? Like Age of Heroes? Possibly. Because you can go five. back... I mean, if you they're know. not doing, I mean, if they're not doing Aegon's Conquest, mm-hmm. they're not doing Duncan Egg, and they're not doing Robert's Rebellion. What are they? What doing? are they doing? Yeah, like it could be a small little little tale, or maybe they're just really throwing us, and they'll reconsider that because those are some pretty epic. Well, and I, I get the Duncan Egg thing. That's really sort of untold. Maybe they'll just do like a like its own little side story that takes place in like Westeros. we run we run into Duncan Egg. Or something. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't mind if they would go back even a little bit further and just sort of like stay away from where Gurr is currently writing. And then if Gurr gives them room to do it, they could then add to the world themselves. I don't know if he's going to do that. That's a little dangerous because then all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying? It would be like HBO then would have, they would start, you know, creating a side story in a world that is Gurr's. I just don't know that he's going to let that happen. So he's going to have to give them the A-OK. But I can't imagine what else it would be unless it's like something like legendary like this back in the back in the day where you're not going to get a lot of details and it's thousands of years before so you really can't jack up who's related to who um the houses the family trees and things like that. So all right, um you guys got anything else any other last thoughts? 
No, I'm good. I, okay. I, like I said, I love it. We're going to do, we're going to be doing this for probably like a year or so. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it's going to be, it's going to be a blast. And like I said, we'll stop along the way and kind of, as if we find like a smaller, like novel, novella, whatever they're called, mm-hmm. um, we'll pick that up and we'll go with it. We'll look into, um, in 2018 when the, when the other books come out, we'll, we'll pick that up and we'll, we'll read it. We'll dive into it and then we'll come back to a world of ice and fire if we need to. So, or we're doing both, Tom, you know, we'll just yep. go nuts. So, all right, guys. Um, Thanks for listening. Um, if you'd like to, you can hit us up on Facebook. We're trying to interact with people more there. Um, so that's Second Breakfast Cast. Uh, check us out there. Also, if you wouldn't mind, hit us up on iTunes. Give us a review. Let us know what you think. Um, we're going to mention this later in our show. This might be coming out. Should I, the, the guy who hit us up on iTunes? Yeah. I mean, this won't air for a couple weeks, This, but we'll mention the main show as well. But we'll mention it here. We appreciate people going to iTunes. Yeah, and giving we had somebody. Us a yeah, we, had, we had somebody comment, kind of call us out, uh, which for, is fine for a mistake we made, and that's fine. Absolutely, yeah. maybe. Hey, we make mistakes all the time, and we'll we'll say, hey, we were wrong. Yeah, um, and that's so, why, and that's cool. Um, so, really, the best way to connect with us, though, I would say, is on our Facebook page. Yeah, um, go check out our Facebook page. You can, I think, you can go. Anybody can post on it, can't they? They can. We need to start posting more on there, though. Yep. You and I need to start like. Because we look up a lot of our articles and we text each other stuff. So it's sort of like, let's just do it on Facebook. Yep. You know. So, so just a way to kind of connect with more people and, and different things. Because um, we like to build a little community and get to know you guys. We're really responsive on Rebel Watch. So if you go our um, Star Wars podcast, it's a it's more YouTube-based. So we have a lot of people who comment. We have a Patreon uh, page there. And, you know, once we get that going with Second Breakfast, that would be great. We'd, we'd love to hear from you guys. And... And hear maybe some corrections, hear some theories, hear your thoughts on the Night of the Laughing Tree, you know, some of these other uh, different mysteries and theories in Game of Thrones. So, all right, guys, uh, thanks so much for listening. Uh, as always, stay tuned and stay tuned.